You erased me, huh? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Shoot a cop, Einstein. Watch what happens. Well, what happened is this bull would go right through your fucking head. Watch what happens. Hello, movie lovers. You're listening to Does It Hold Up, the podcast where we talk about some of your favorite movies to see if they still hold up. I'm a fucking dirty rat. And I'm Emily. And this week we're going over 2006's The Departed. The Departed, you dirty fucking rat. <laughs> Should I do an accent the entire the entire podcast? No. Should I just talk like this the entire podcast? I mean, you can try, but... It's going to slip out at some point. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. This movie's clearly set in Boston. Clearly. Because everybody's just Bostonian in this. Like, to an extreme. Does that help it or hurt it? It hurts it to me, but, you know, it, I'm sure it helps it to most people. There's a lot of, like, mumble lines in this. Yes. For someone who doesn't always catch everything that people are saying, I was thoroughly confused through most of this movie. I can see that. It's very much <laughs> like, uh, hey, what'd they say? And then when you're trying to figure out what they said, you missed the next thing they said. I missed the next, like, six things that they said, okay? They five, talk very fast. Five minutes later, you're like, I understood that line. I got that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what so, is that captain america i understood that reference <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> i got that one that's that's what it feels like um lucky for this movie two of their main actors are from the boston area so like they were just good matt damon and mark Wahlberg, both really born in boston huh. or about like right around boston so they already sound like that so it kind of helped the movie in that aspect Leonardo DiCaprio, not born in Boston, and it's very evident. <laughs> what do you mean his accent isn't roving? He's not even the worst accent in the movie, and we're going to get to that in questions, because <laughs> I want to know who you think is the worst. you got time to think about it. The Departed came out October 6th, 2006. It had a $90 million budget. Domestically, it took it $132.4 million. Worldwide, $290 million. Rank, 15. Hmm. 15th highest grossing movie of 06. This is the first time you're ever watching this movie? Yeah. Of course it is. Of course it is. Which is insane. Like, this was one of the biggest movies of 06. Like, people couldn't stop fucking talking about it. I was not of the age to be watching a movie like this in you 06. You were like 20. Oh, no, you weren't. No. No, oh, I God. was not. Yeah, no, you weren't. All right. This is not the first time I've seen this movie. I have seen this movie quite a bit because I am... First of all, addicted to movies. I think I need help. And secondly, I'm addicted to the Oscars. And I haven't missed a single Oscar show in like 20 years. I watched them all. And so definitely knew about this movie. Saw it when it came out. Thought it was amazing. Saw it again a couple years later. Still thought it was amazing. I've probably watched it like four times. That is surprising through. because you are not someone who normally goes back and watches movies. No, and... We say that all the time, but like clearly I go back and watch movies because most of these movies we cover, I've seen more than once. Mm -hmm. But when I say I don't go back and watch a movie, I don't go back and like sit down and watch a movie. If it's on, like this movie was on like TNT and TBS all the time. So like flipping through the channels and it's just on and you're like, leave it. Yeah, it's the TV edited version. I was going to say, they cut like half the movie. You just watch it. anyway. No, they just blurred it mostly. They were like, eh. Yeah, but you also have to bleep it. They swear well, yeah, you get so fudged. much. You get fudged a lot. Fudge, fudge, fudge. Um, So, like, that's what I mean when I say I've watched this, like, four times. It's just, like, been on. Mm. Like, it was on the TV, and I happened to be in the room. Doesn't mean I was sitting down, like, watching it. Yeah. 
what I didn't know the first time I watched this movie was that it's a remake of another movie. From Hong Kong. From Hong Kong called Infernal Affairs, 2002, so four years only. Um, that, ver- that version did pretty well. Uh, it made about 7.1 million US dollars in Hong Kong. Like, I did the conversion conversion rate. Uh, so when it came out, it did like 7.1 million, which is pretty good. Hong Kong is not known to have, you know, big movies. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of interesting. Scorsese didn't know that this was a remake of another movie when he agreed to direct this movie. And then he found out while they were working on this movie that it was a remake and he refused to watch it until he was done making The Departed because he didn't want any external forces kind of guiding him. I was very surprised to see that a Scorsese film was basically a remake. So that is actually makes a lot more sense that he didn't know and refused to watch it until his vision was made. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of director he is. He didn't want to be... Influenced? Yes. I couldn't think of the word. I was like, he doesn't want to be coerced, but I was like, no, nobody's telling him to do it. (laughs) Influenced, great word. Uh, Yeah, he didn't want to be influenced, so I just think that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you don't know it's a remake, but you choose to direct it, and then you choose to not watch it. I feel like a a lot of directors would just watch it. Oh, yeah. They'd be like, what am I dealing with? What what did they do that I can improve upon? Yeah. What do I like? What do I not like? What can I do differently, but also keep the same? And Scorsese was like, nah, just kidding. I'm going to do my own thing. Exactly. Um, Ebert liked this movie. A lot. Because this is a movie that he just, it's right up his alley. This is what he wants from mm-hmm. movies. Plus, let's be honest here. Him and Scorsese had a little bit of a love affair with each other. They respected the hell out of each other. Ebert loved pretty much every movie Scorsese's ever done, but he's not always 100% positive. So I'm going to guess he gave this four stars. He gave it four stars. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, The quote I grabbed from him was just, That is the key to the performances of DiCaprio and Damon. It is in the nature of movies that we believe most characters are acting or speaking for themselves. But in virtually every moment in this movie, except for a few key scenes, they are not. They're not waving flags to call attention to their deceptions. That was a hell of a quote. That was a long quote. That was a long quote. To be honest, it was kind of hard for me to pull a quote from Ebert. He went on and on about the Catholic of it all. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I I know they allude to it a bit in the movie. I didn't see it as much as he did. So I don't know if he was just putting his own life onto it and putting Scorsese's life onto it so much so that he was almost blind to what the movie itself was. Well, that makes the best critics is you can critique a movie you can say what's good and what's bad but you have to be able to kind of personalize it because without that you're literally just an encyclopedia you're just a a textbook the lighting was good in this moment because they had enough that key was awesome you have to be able to put like a little bit of your own into it so maybe he put too much this time Yeah, because he went on and on about Catholic guilt, and trust me, I get it. I grew up Catholic, but I did not see enough of that in this film to merit, like, three paragraphs of it. Yeah, that's fair. 
I didn't read the review for this one. I knew he was going to love it. Mm-hmm. I probably should read the review, even though you're the one that always does the, the review stuff. I should probably just read it ahead of time just so I kind of know what he's working with. But yeah, I kind of knew what I was in for. But I agree. He he does say some great things about these characters and what makes them so interesting is, is the fact that they are having to live a de- deception and we as an audience can feel that even though they're not going like, I'm decepting things. Right. They're playing a character who's also playing a character. So normally we get, what would that character do? But we don't get that in this because Billy Costigan, played by Leo, isn't Billy Costigan the cop, the this person, the that. He's playing that person who's trying to play Billy Costigan, the criminal. criminal. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really tour de force of acting in this one because there isn't anything about them personally in this. Yeah. So it, I agree with him. The other critics pretty much all agree. The Rotten Tomato Critics score have it at a 91%, which is an 8.3 out of 10. And the audience have it at a 94%, an 8.8 out of 10. So pretty, pretty fair. They're right around the same range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Everyone seems to love this movie. That's because this movie is. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a weird comparison here, but this is the early 2000s Citizen Kane. This movie might not be the most interesting movie to watch. There might be parts that are a little boring, a little long. Two and a half hours might be way too long mm-hmm. for this movie. Everything about this movie is so good. Technically, it's amazing. Performances, amazing. Lighting, cinematography, directing, writing. Everything about this movie is amazing. But just because something's amazing on paper doesn't always translate to amazing in practice. Mm -hmm. Like, actually making it. But everything about this movie is amazing. It's just a little overblown. Okay. And I think that's what hurts the movie. And I know you're you're making faces, so we're, we're going to get faces, into this. Yeah. But let's talk about the Oscars first. Okay. So this movie was nominated for five different awards, and it won four. <gasps> Who got snubbed? The one they didn't win was Best Supporting Actor for Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg? 100% Mark Wahlberg, Best Supporting Actor. He didn't win. He was nominated, though. He didn't win. The winner that year was Alan Arkin for a little piece of shit movie called Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, yeah. Hate that movie. But that's okay. The winners, the, the awards they did win, were for Thelma Schoonmaker for film editing. Uh, William Monaghan won for adapted screenplay. Okay. Martin Scorsese won for Best Director. Okay. And it also won Best Picture. They didn't even go for Best Actor? Are you making any Oscar changes? Do you think anything got missed out on this movie? Yeah, either Leo or Damon. So you can't say Leo because Warner Brothers wanted to nominate Leo. They wanted to push for him. They wanted to do a whole thing. And he said, no, don't nominate me. Because he already knew he was going to probably get nominated for Blood Diamond. And he didn't want to go up against anybody he worked with in this movie in the categories. So mm. he actually withdrew his name from this movie because he didn't want to compete. Then fine, Damon. For what? Best supporting. Take Wahlberg out of there. Well, yeah, I'm the same. 
I put him in Best Supporting as well. Yeah. Anything else? Not really. The director of this movie is Martin Scorsese. Or Scorsese? I've heard it said both ways. I grew up saying Scorsese, but then a lot of people started being like, you say it wrong, it's Scorsese. I don't know. I've I heard it. I have no idea. Really? How to say his name. All right. Well, we're going to stick to Scorsese. He directed a crap ton of great movies. I'm sure you know. He's one of the greatest film directors of all time. Everything he touched turns to gold. I don't know. What are some movies that you know he's directed? Killers of the Flower Moon. That's it? That's all you got? That's all the I'm thinking of right now. one that just came out last year? Yeah. <laughs> got put on the spot and you just drew a blank? Yep. All right. So we got Mean Streets. Great. Taxi Driver. Raging Bull. The King of Comedy. After Hours. The Color of Money. Um, Michael Jackson's Bad Video. The Last Temptation of Christ. Goodfellas. Cape Fear. Casino. Gangs of New York. The Aviator. The Departed. Shutter Island. Hugo. The Wolf of Wall Street. Silence, The Irishman, and then, like you said, Killers of the Flower Moon. Of all of those, I watched Wolf of Wall Street. You've never seen, like, Shutter Island? Well, now no. you've watched The Departed. I have Games watched in New Departed. York? Nope. The Aviator? Nope. Oh, 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 these are so good movies. No wonder I blanked on the yeah, movies you don't, he's done. You, that's sad, man. He's one of the greatest directors of all time. And you... I didn't really care for Wolf of Wall Street either, so. <sighs> Hugo was pretty. Was, uh was pretty and nice but i don't think i finished it i think i had to leave while i was so watching done it. with you that's it podcast canceled <laughs> we're done you don't even know who morton scarsese is come on i know of him sure you do <laughs> um just a great director he's a 10 time best director nominee one win only for mm. this movie which is just embarrassing yeah this is not the movie he should have won this was definitely a makeup oscar for him where it was like wait 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 He's been nominated how many times and he still hasn't won? And he's made some of the greatest movies of all time? Oh, we fucked up. Feels very The Revenant. Just, just give it to him. Yeah, just give it to him. This isn't the best thing he's ever done, but he just needs one. Here you go. Stupid Terrible. Academy. Because, like, come on. He should have won for Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, Casino, Gangs of New York even. But The Departed? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> all right. So, I don't remember the beginning of this movie. I've seen this movie, like I said, a couple times. I don't remember this whole flashback to young Nicholson. That's probably because they had to cut it every time. If you watched it on TV, they probably just cut the entire thing. Probably. Because it is creepy as hell. Yeah, I just don't remember it like from watching it the first time either. Like, this whole idea of going back in time to how he meets young Matt Damon's character... And he's getting protection money from this shop while flirting, not even flirting, being sexually aggressive with the daughter. Like, that whole thing was weird. It was, like, just become a teenager. Because he literally asks her, have you had your period yet? Don't do that. That's yeah, creepy she, as hell. It. She definitely uh, looks older, though. Sure. Doesn't mean she had it yet, but still, you don't yeah. ask that. Well, yeah, but he's a bad guy. But apparently he wants to have boys. He wants he, to have kids. He's the bad guy. That's the whole point. Ugh. He has to do bad things. Ugh. And then he's like recruiting kids to run money and drugs and things. I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, they're not going to get caught. Might as well. They look innocent. Even if they get caught, they get lesser se- sentences. But this is how he meets young Colin Sullivan, played by Matt Damon, when he's all grown up, and how he recruits him. And sets apart his master scheme 
of getting Colin into the police academy, making him a, a, a policeman and then a detective so that he can kind of watch his back and fill him in on things that are going on so he'll never get caught. He wants a plant. It makes sense. Yeah, great idea. Oh, yeah. But like also like not just to have one of your guys go in and be a cop, but like build this kid up from the, from the ground, telling him he's always going to be a cop. This is your destiny to be a cop and protect me. Mm-hmm. Brilliant, man. More bad guys should do this. A lot of foresight there. Yeah. Instead of trying to corrupt someone who's already there, have someone be loyal. And then go in mm-hmm. and corrupt it from the inside. Mm-hmm. I love it. Great, great, great idea. But the problem is, at the same exact time, a young Billy Costigan, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, is also going to go through the police academy, and he gets chosen to go undercover as an agent in Costello, Jack Nicholson's organization, his crime organization. So, what are the chances that pretty much at the same time, these two men are going into each other's world? Very, very low. Like, there's low chances of that. But it makes for a compelling story, I guess. It's a very compelling story. The problem I have with this story, as compelling as it is, it gets convoluted real fast. It explains a lot why I say I have very little idea of what's happening in this movie. I have that written several times in my notes because I just did not understand what was happening at any given moment. Especially because they don't feel like explaining anything, especially at the beginning. They're just like, things happen. (laughs) Intrigue. Now we're going to this guy. Who is that? I don't know. You know, some dude. They're just people, man. Just people. All right. So let's break this movie down. Tell me what you think happens in this movie. Go ahead. Tell me. From start (laughs) to finish, what, what happens in this movie? Who's who and what happens? So Matt Damon... Is a bad guy masquerading as a good guy in the police. Correct. And we have Leonardo DiCaprio as a good guy masquerading as a bad guy with the mafia or crime boss or whatever. Costello's gang. Yes. Yep. Got it. Nicholson is just a crime boss. Correct. But what's he doing? He's selling drugs and Wrong. microchips. Well, yeah. Okay. Correct. Okay. Keep I mean, going. He had drugs. So keep, yeah, keep going. Um, And it's their whole scheme of being like, the cops figured out there's a mole in them, the mob figured out there's a mole in them, and it's all of them trying to be like Matt Damon and Leo being like, it's not me. Looking around, looking around, it's not me. Is that your Boston accent? No. It's not me. No, no, that was not my Boston accent. I was like, that's like old timey newscaster voice. (laughs) Breaking news. It was supposed to be very like it's it's yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's that, that that's, was. that's the entire movie until, you know, Matt Damon thinks he's betrayed, and so he betrays the Jack Nicholson. Jackal Nicholson? <laughs> His name... You're, just, you're as confused right now as you were watching the movie. <laughs> in, in which he just goes, you know, you were going to mess with me. I kill you first. <laughs> and then all hell breaks loose and everyone kills everyone. The end. Man, Okay. All right. I mean, you have the basic structure down of how things go, but... Oh, and then there's a chick in there that both <laughs> dudes are banging. So when she has a kid later, they have no idea yeah, who's okay. it is. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, 
you're you're somewhat close. Yes, that is the basic structure of this. Movie. I literally had to use my fingers to like position the guys. Like I don't I don't know. Like there's a whole section over here. There's a whole section. Yeah, it's very convoluted. Yes, there's also the intrigue of like being that deep undercover. How does it change you? Oh yeah. How does it manipulate you? There are you have the high ups because the FBI is currently looking after Costello as well. They're trying to take him down. And the cops are trying to also take him down, but they have the mole, but only two people know who the mole is in Costello's gang, but everybody else wants to know. And And apparently Costello is an informant for the FBI. And then they open up a whole investigation for everybody in the cops to find out who the mole is because Costello has a mole and who gets chosen. The mole. Yeah. Find a mole. The mole. Which is very intriguing. There's a lot of very interesting things happening in this movie. If... We got to focus on that one thing. I just think there was too many things happening in this movie for it to be explored deep enough. You're not wrong. I have it in my notes as well. It's like all of their stories are very, very interesting. I just am having struggle paying attention to them because we're as soon as I'm interested in this guy's story and where it's going, I'm cutting to this other guy. Okay, well then let's talk about this is how we're going to talk about it in the pod then. Let's talk about each character, their story throughout the movie. Okay. And then we'll talk about how they all intersect at the end. Where do you want to start? Just go with Matt Damon's character. Okay, Matt Damon's character. He's introduced to Costello as a child. And Costello earns his favor by buying him a bunch of groceries. Mm-hmm. Milk and bread and a comic book and all this stuff to send him home. And then he recruits him to run stuff for him, all that. Puts him into the police academy. He gets out, works for the the Boston PD as a, a street clothes detective so that he can tell Costello when they're onto him and kind of help him out from that side. And not only that, but take down his enemies in the meantime, being like, okay, you're going to pin this on this yeah, guy. Yeah, Costello can kind of point him in, in a direction. He's a weapon for Costello. Mm-hmm. And then as it goes on, he falls in love with a psychiatrist who finds out that he's the mole, breaks it off with him. At the same time, Costello turns on him, is going to kind of hand him over to the FBI to be like, this dude's a mole, blah, 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 and use him as a scapegoat. So what does Damon's character do? Kills him. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, he's 100% just going to be a cop now. Probably a dirty cop, but he's going to be a cop. The whole time. And then he kills a whole ton of people. Because they had... They found out. They found out. But now he just wants to be a cop. And we'll get to the end end later. Okay? Next, we'll talk about Leo's. Okay. So Leo's story, he's a guy who always wanted to be a cop because his father, or uncle, I don't remember which one, was a rat. He was part of a, a, a mob, but was a rat at the same time, got killed. So he thought, all right, I got to take down the mob. I'm going to go be a cop. And so he works his way into the police academy, graduates. The police are like, why don't you go undercover? But to do so, you got to go to jail. You got to do all this stuff. And you're not going to exist. You as a person, you don't exist. Your files are all locked. Mm -hmm. Go tell us what Costello's doing. Get dirt so that we can arrest him and actually put him away for a long time. So he goes through that. At the same time, he falls in love with the same psychiatrist. 
Because why not? Damon's character's going to get married to. They're engaged at one point. Falls in love with her. Costello gets taken down. He realizes the mole was Damon's character. So he tries to arrest him. And then he dies. Yeah. Gets shot right in the head. He's given an honorable burial. Maybe. Are we sure that's his funeral? Yeah, it shows a picture of him. Oh, right, because Damon says, I want to give him awards. Mm -hmm. He admits that he was a cop. Okay, that's him. Frank Costello, played by Jack Nicholson, his entire story is, I'm a mob boss, and I do bad things, and I'm never going to get caught because I have somebody in the police department, and I'm an FBI informant. I tattle on other mob bosses, so that the FBI leaves me the hell alone. Clever. This dude sucks. <laughs> like, you're not even a, a reputable bad guy. You're just a dick. Yeah, but he does what he has to do. Yes, Heavy he does. is the head that wears the crown. Well, he ain't wearing the crown anymore when he gets shot like 15 times. Yeah. That's a funny scene. <laughs> when he like moves and so Damon just shoots him a whole bunch again because he's all freaked out. So funny. I don't think it's meant to be funny, but I chuckle every time I watch it. I mean, it. it's definitely funny to watch him unload his clip. Yeah. Um. So then we got the psychiatrist, played by Vera Farmiga, who deals with bad guys that are like out of prison trying to get their life back together. And cops. And cops who experience traumatic events. So she works both sides. Mm -hmm. So she falls in love with the cop who's not really a cop. And she falls in love with the bad guy who's not really a bad guy. She's just stuck in the middle. <laughs> she just really likes liars, okay? She, 100%. The problem is, she is a nothingness. Yeah, she could not exist and no one would care. This story wouldn't change, really. Yep. Except Costello wouldn't have something to hold over Colin's head. That, does he do that? Yeah, he does. He's like, hey, do you still, do you like that little psychiatrist sucking on your pecker? Because do what I say or that's going to stop. Mm. So he definitely threatens him. Okay, that might have been a part where I just couldn't hear it because they were talking a mile a minute. I Oh my God, every time I watch this movie, I feel like they're talking too slow. <laughs> I'm like, come on, get to the next line already. So that's like our main players. Our side characters are like Mark Wahlberg is a detective who knows about uh, Billy Costigan being undercover and hates everybody else. Uh, Queenan is the... What is he? He's Head like of the, the undercover, yeah. Yeah, he's like the chief who knows about the undercover, who's trying to protect everybody and take down Costello. Alec Baldwin is also a cop who is just overly enthusiastic to do everything. Yeah, he really needs that collar, man. Yeah, he does. He annoys the shit out of me in this movie. And He's like the sergeant of the sergeants? Like the captain, maybe? No, that's... uh. The sergeant is Wahlberg's character. I know. That's why I'm like, he he's above Wahlberg. I think they're on like below the same level, kind of. Queenan. I think they're right around the same level. But then why does he go like, you report to me? Uh, that was after Queenan died. That he's like, I'm taking over. No, he was still like leading all of those. You know what? Shut your mouth. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a weird story with a lot of weird characters. And to be honest, I don't think any of it's that all particularly all that good. It's not a great story. It's very long-winded. They take a long time to do anything, which is, once again, is hard because you're trying to tell so many stories. So everyone's story is like, it takes forever to go anywhere. 
but it's interesting when you're actually getting to be a part of it, I guess. Which is why I'm just confused that, um, what's his name? William Monaghan got an Oscar win for adapted screenplay. I think the script might be the weakest part of this whole movie. Mm. Thoughts? The script is not great for me. I, I really dislike the editing. So when you told me that it won for editing, I was like, why? Because it is a lot of abrupt cuts. It's a lot of jumping back and forth. It is with the music as well. It's abrupt cuts and then abrupt bring bring it back in. And it just, it's jarring, but not like purposefully so. And I just, I didn't quite get it. So that is the worst aspect for the movie. That's because Scorsese likes editing to the music. He loves the use of music and he will cut to it. Kind of like Edgar Wright, mm-hmm. but Edgar Wright does it in a very fun, playful way, where Scorsese cuts it in more of an emotional way. The music would just cut with the scene, but like really abruptly. Yeah, and no, it... you got to pay attention to the music. Uh... And then it all makes sense. Mm. No, no. I hated mm-hmm. it. I hated it. That's fair. That's fair. Um... But yeah, the the script, it just... The dialogue was cringy, but like purposefully so. It was slow. Yeah, overall, it's just, it's a weird movie. I actually found myself not liking it nearly as much as I remember liking it while going through it this time. So much so that I just started playing around with my notes while watching it because I just didn't care, for lack of a better term. Which is interesting because I actually cared more towards the like middle and end because I actually was finally getting settled with who these characters were and what they were trying to do that I stopped taking notes partway through the movie. I, I didn't. I just kept going, playing with my notes, coming up with new things. Let's talk about all the deaths. Okay. There's a lot of death in this movie. A bunch of like who gives a shit people up front and then all of a sudden all our main players just start getting killed. Mm-hmm. So, Queenan, the chief of police or whatever he was, dead. He gets thrown off a damn building. Yeah, that's that's dramatic. Well, I imagine he must have gone through a window, though, because they definitely weren't on the roof. No. So, they threw him out an opening somehow, and he falls to his death right in front of Billy Costigan. Who he was trying to protect. Yeah. Yeah. That's a messed up death. That death hurts me. Yeah like physically hurts me when I see it. I'm like, oh, right in, right in the chest. Mm-hmm. That's a, good. The next one that comes gets me too. What's the next one? The undercover cop. The other undercover cop. The FBI undercover oh, agent. Oh, yeah. So right after Queening got shot, the cops open up on Costello's gang. Mm-hmm. And one of Costello's gangs gets shot. Right before that scene, he had called Costigan to be like, we're going to this address. Meet us there. But he gave, him, he gave him the wrong address. They were going to 341, not 314. And yet Costigan still showed up because he was the one there meeting Queenan. Mm-hmm. This dude gets shot and everybody's like, oh my God, this is crazy. He dies. But right beforehand, what does he do? He looks at... Air calls over Billy and he's like, When I called you, hmm? I, I made a mistake. I, I gave you the wrong address, but you showed up at the right one, didn't you? 
Tell me why I didn't tell nobody. Huh? Tell me why. And then he dies before he tells us why. Mm -hmm. Then a news report plays that all of Costello's gang is watching, which tells us he was an FBI agent, undercover, body found, blah, 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 names Delahunt. And everybody's like, he was the, he was the mole. Clearly, he was the rat this entire time. Yep. And it's just insane. But that's why. There were two undercover agents in, Cost in Costello's gang. Which sets up nicely for the end of the movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, the next death is Frank's. Well, I guess his right-hand man, uh, mm -hmm. Mr. French, played by Ray Winstone... He's next Basically to all of Costello's gang. gang. They all get just wiped out in a in a set up gone right. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy because Damon's whole purpose was to not let that happen. And somehow he messes up so badly. No, it was it not happens. a mess up. Oh, it's a mess up. Because mm -mm. he found out that Costello was an FBI. Informant. It's a mess up. He wanted to confront Costello, but I don't think he wanted a complete slaughter of all those people. He just messed it up. That's my opinion, anyway. If you think otherwise. I think otherwise. That's cool, too. Yeah, I think he was cleaning house. Ooh, hot takes. Yeah, I, th I think it was definitely purposeful of him being like, you try to screw me over, I'm going to end everything. Then why not just shoot Frank as soon as he approaches him? Because he wants that little battle. It's like, he's his father fi figure. Mm. They need to have that little chat. That's fair. That So... Mr. French, the right-hand man, gets shot by the cops. He dies. Kills himself, actually. Because mm -hmm. he's slowly dying and he doesn't want to suffer, so he just ends his own life. And then Colin confronts Costello. Away they, from everyone else. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. So that they can have this wonderful back and forth. Yeah, where he's like, you screwed me. And he's like, oh, you... Of course I was an informant for the FBI. How do you think I got away with all this stuff? You tell on somebody else, they look the other way. But he pulls the gun. He tries to shoot Colin. And mm -hmm. Colin shoots him first. And then unloads his clip into him. Because he twitched. Yeah, he twitched a little. Yeah. Even though he was probably already dead because she put four in his chest. <laughs> so, unnecessary, but awesome moment. Yeah. And you think everything's good. And you're like, okay, everything's kind of wrapped up. I know we still have this issue with Leonardo DiCaprio's character, all this stuff. But the big story's done. Until you realize there's still like a half an hour left of the movie. Mm-hmm. So now Costigan wants his life back since his job's done. But Sullivan, Colin Sullivan, is a cop who's still looking for who was the mole, realizes it was Costigan, erases him from the database. Costigan sends him a CD of their recorded conversations so that he'll release it to the cops so the cops all will know that Colin was the mole in the police department. Here's where it all gets crazy. They set up a meet so that they can have a conversation, but it's not really a conversation. Costigan wants to arrest Colin. Mm -hmm. And as he's doing it, this is this death is amazing. Oh, so out of left field. So Anthony Anderson's character, who is called Brown, just Brown, comes up to this roof that they're meeting on. And he's like, you got to drop the gun. And Costigan's trying to explain it to him and all this stuff. And... He's like, I'm leaving with him. I arrested him. I'm leaving with him. So he takes him into the elevator, goes down. Soon as the elevator doors open, gets shot in the head. Mm -hmm. Leo just drops like a bag of rocks, dude. 
He's just done. Yeah. It's insane. Oh, that was something I did not see coming, and they, they shot it very well. Yeah. Because uh, they, they shoot you. They shot it very well. <laughs> he got shot very well. Pun not intended, but welcomed. Because they're look we're looking right at him, and it's just the blood spatter, and it's like gruesome, and whoo, it was not expecting it. And who did it? A cop. Some, some cop that uh has been Colin, in the background yeah that colin was friends with they were in the academy together mm-hmm. but the reveal is insane after he shoots him he uncuffs colin and he's like you think costello you were the only one costello had in the in the cops this is actually after he shoots the other cop brown yeah brown gets off the elevator looks down looks at him is like oh and just gets shot yep bye anthony anderson See ya. Mm-hmm. And then just admits that he was also undercover. But and everything's going wrong and they need to get out of there. Yep. So as they're staging this this murder thing that happens, Colin just shoots that guy in the head. Tie up all the loose ends. So now Colin's the only one left standing in at this scene. And he goes and we get the funeral scene for all these guys. Heroes departure, blah, blah, blah. He tries to get back with the psychiatrist who broke up with him. You know, ended their their marriage, ended their. I mean, uh, understandably so, because she heard the evidence. Yeah, she knows he's the mole and was like, "You're a dick." He tries to talk to her. She ignores him. He goes get some groceries, heads to his home. As he walks in the door to his apartment, who's waiting for him? Dignum, who was the sergeant earlier in the movie, and just shoots him in the head, and then just casually walks out. Yeah, with gloves and booties on and when, all that. When this movie ends, all of our main players, except for, like, two, are dead. Now, I have a question for you. Yeah. Is Dignum a good cop or a bad cop? Good cop. Good cop. Knew he was the mole. You have to remember, uh, Costigan, DiCaprio's character, had contact with Dignum. He was asking for Dignum, but that doesn't mean he doesn't know how to get a hold of him or where to send things that Dignum will get it. I guarantee you, Dignum had the tapes. He knew he was the mole. And that's why he killed him. But couldn't actually do anything about it cop-wise? I don't, I don't think he wanted to. Because he knows that Colin is the reason Queenan is dead. Mm. So he was just so mad, he took him. I thought it was interesting because you can look at it either way. You can look at it as in he is a a cop that has been pushed to the limit or he was also undercover. No, you can't. He's a cop. He's a cop through and through. <laughs> He's a cop through and through. You can look at it however you want, but you're wrong. I love hey, you, but you're wrong. They <laughs> They set it up so that you can look at it. Either way. At least that's the way I read it. But you're wrong. I'm telling you. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. You looked at it in the wrong fucking way. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how many more times I could tell you this. Okay. I'm pissed off to no end about this ending because right before Leonardo DiCaprio's character, um, Billy, goes through the, you know his, his little ending bit where... He's like, okay, if something happens to me or if I contact you by this point, open this envelope. She never opens the envelope. She knows he's dead. No, she opens it. We never see it. 
Yeah. Why why don't we see it? Because it's not important anymore. Then don't show us it. It's his, it's money. It's money in his documents to know who he was. Mm. That's what it is. Then they probably should have showed us that because we don't actually know. But I just told you. So now you know. Nope. And the more you know. Could be the next great American novel for all we know. It's not the great. No. It's not the great Gatsby. All right. It's just not. <laughs> it's the script of the great Gatsby. He just shoved it in there and was like, should I go do this movie? Exactly. Um, no, it's definitely just who he was. It's his history. Then why don't they show that? I just, I get so annoyed when you give us something like that and you don't give us the payoff. Because you know what it is. Deep down inside, you are. I do not. I did not know that that's what that was. That was his whole point of the movie, though. His entire thing in this movie was he he wanted to get out so bad and have a normal life. He wanted to get his identity back. And so when he got it, he needed to have it in a safe place for what was coming next. And she was the safe place. If that was his only goal, then just blackmail the dude and get your life back. Blackmail who? I'm trying to think of his character name. Colin? Yeah. Damon's character? Yeah. But you can't. He's a cop. You have to get that evidence out there. You have to do help. For all we know, it's not just his. It could have been he gave her evidence as well. So there's two possible things it could have been. It was either his documents, safekeeping, so that once everything was all said and done with this Colin guy, he could go back to his life. She had it all. Or it was evidence, so in case something went bad, she would have it. I think it's just lazy storytelling that they didn't tell, show us or tell us anything about it. That's fair. I'm not arguing with that. I mean, I know what it is. You know what you think it is. You will never know exactly what it is because they I didn't call... bother to show you. Okay, so I've never met Scorsese, but I have worked with his daughter, who's also a director and an actress. I will call her and talk to him and find out. Please don't make me. Please do. We need to know what's in the dang envelope, okay? No, it's been like six years. She'd probably be like, I have no idea who you are. Yeah. So I will not be calling her for real, but she was very nice. That's always good. Okay. So I did something different with the cast this time. Instead of breaking down what we thought about each person as a character, I went through and I ranked them. Who I thought was the worst actor in this movie to who I thought was the best actor in this movie. So I'm going to give you my ranking, and then you can tell me what you think. Okay. Where If you would move stuff around or not. Okay. So I'm going to start with the worst person in this movie, and I'm going to go to the best. Mm-hmm. The worst actor in this movie was Anthony Anderson, who played Brown. Okay, yeah. The black cop. I just, he's not in it enough to really get anything from him, and I feel like a lot of times he feels like he's in a different movie. Uh, dude, every moment he was on the screen, he was very wooden. Because he's more of a comedic actor. So every time he was on screen, it just felt like a different movie and it was weird. Yeah. Uh, Next. So there's nine total. So that was nine. Eight. Vera Farmiga as Madeline, the oh, psychiatrist. Yeah. yeah. Her accent was all over the damn place. Sometimes she had it. Sometimes she didn't. Sometimes it was really thick. Sometimes it wasn't. All you had to do was say, hey, she grew up somewhere else. Yeah. Real quick solve. Not sure why they chose not to do that. Not everyone in Boston needs a Boston accent. People move places. Yeah. So that was weird. Then I have Martin Sheen, Queenan, as seven. Okay. Um, number six, Alec Baldwin as Ellerby. I would actually flip those two. Oh, you? Okay. I'm good with that. We can flip those two. Alec Baldwin was just 
he also felt like he was in a different movie. Yeah, but he played off uh, Mark Wahlberg really well. They had good mm-hmm. chemistry and it was, they had a lot going on. Um, next, then I have Ray Winstone as Mr. French, the right-hand man to Costello. Okay. I think he was great. He was just like... Could have gotten more of him. He was like, yes, we. that's exactly it. I wanted more of him because he was so good at that role. Mm-hmm. So next, here's where we're in the top four now. And here's where I think you're going to have some issues with, with my rankings. So in fourth place, Leonardo DiCaprio is Billy. Wrong. Okay. <laughs> I think he was a little boring. I don't think he took a lot of chances as an actor. It was just like, I'm a bad guy, but not really. And it was like, you're not interesting. And you seem too whiny, childish. And it was unappealing. That's fair. So I, I had to put him in four. I third, still don't say four. But. Third, Jack Nicholson is Costello. Dude was having the time of his life. I believed every word he said. If he was like, if Jack Nicholson came out and said, I killed somebody making that movie, I'd be like, yeah, I totally believe it. <laughs> I believe you got so far into being Costello that you just lived that life. We needed more of him. Because he was great. Yeah. Yeah. So third place. Second no. place. Well, where do you put him then? I'd put him probably second place. Jack Nicholson's second? Yeah. Okay. I I have Mark Wahlberg down in four. In second place, I have Matt Damon as Colin. You put Mark Wahlberg as number one. And Mark Wahlberg you are so wrong. as Dignum is in first place. Dude is amazing in this movie. Every, every time he's on screen, there is energy in this movie. And the minute he's gone, after he gets into a fight with Colin about uh, Queenan's death and he disappears... Yes, the movie's interesting because people are dying and this is when stuff's happening, but there's a clear lack of energy. Before that moment, every time he's on screen, I just am like drawn in. But he's not even a major player in this really. Doesn't matter. He's the best. Nah. Best actor in this movie, Mark Wahlberg. All right, what's your four? Mark Wahlberg is four. Okay. Leo is three. Um, Jack Nicholson is two. Matt Damon is one. Matt Damon is great. That's why I have him at two. He's weird in this. He's supposed to be. I don't think he's, he's great. He's very conniving in this. He's able to be that bad guy who's, you can definitely tell, is putting on an act to be a good guy. But you could also tell why people fall for it. I don't know. He just, it's just, he's so one note this whole movie. Like, I don't get a lot of depth from him. I don't he's get a lot of depth great. from Mark Wahlberg. All oh, he is yeah. is angry, angry, angry. He's not No angry. matter what, he, angry. He messes around. He messes around with the cops. He plays around. And then when he gets angry, he gets angry. Mm. Like the minute he shows up on screen, when he's drilling Leonardo DiCaprio about going undercover. Angry. And you're not exactly sure what's going on. What a great scene. He's amazing in that scene. You're wrong. Angry. You're wrong. Why do you think he got nominated? And Matt I Damon didn't. no idea. Because he's better. No idea. It's a better performance. That is just not. Better performance. Nah. So that's my ranking. Worst to best. Mm. I might do that going forward because that was a lot of fun. Here's some casting what ifs. Costello was going to be Al Pacino. Yeah, that's actually Nicholson. funny because that, <laughs> that's who I almost thought of for my Tig Notaro. Was put Al Pacino in there? Yeah. I did too. I almost put Al Pacino though as Queenan. I did the too. The police chief. I did too. Nice. I didn't go with that for Tig. No, I didn't But I, I, that was one of my first thoughts. Yep. Uh, Scorsese always wanted to work with Pacino and he hadn't yet to this point in his career. He wouldn't work with him until The Irishman 
in 2019. Hmm. So, Colin originally was Brad Pitt, but then he dropped out to go do a different movie and they brought in Damon. Much better movie. Dignum, Mark Wahlberg's character, was going to be Ray Liotta. Love Ray Liotta. Rest in peace. Dennis Leary. That would have been great too. Or Ethan Hawke. Mm. Ethan Hawke's the weird one in here. Yeah. I think Mark Wahlberg is probably the best choice out of all of them. And then it's probably Ray Liotta and then probably Dennis Leary and Ethan Hawke should have never been considered. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see him in the Digman yeah, role. It doesn't work. Queenan was going to be Robert De Niro. That could have okay. worked. Him versus Nicholson definitely works. I don't see Robert De Niro as the good guy, but yeah. Exactly. I don't that, know why. <laughs> it's hard, but it could have worked. Uh, Ellerby, Alec Baldwin's character, was going to be Mel Gibson. Okay, I could see that. A little more star power at the time. Yeah. Really could have worked, uh, but he was currently starting production on Apocalypto, so mm. he couldn't do it. Billy was going to be Tom Cruise, <laughs> but not in 06, when the movie actually came out when they were going to film it. A couple years earlier, when the when the script was being first talked about four years prior, when they were going to remake it after the original came out, Tom Cruise was going to be Billy. And Brad Pitt was going to be Colin. I was going to say those two together. <laughs> yes. I think it could have worked. If it could have. If you would have put those in, I don't think Brad Pitt works against Leo. And I don't think Leo, or I don't think Tom Cruise works against Matt Damon. Mm -hmm. But if you have Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise in those two roles, I think the movie could work. Mm, maybe. Slightly different movie, but I still think it works. Yeah. And then the last one who had the most names attached was Madeline, the psychiatrist, <laughs> because Scorsese wanted a big name. So he wanted Kate Winslet, Emily Blunt, Jennifer Aniston, or Hilary Swank. Any of those could have been better. Uh, agreed. Agreed. She actually was my ninth place. But then I was like, no, and Anthony Anderson's not in it enough. I got to boost him up. Just I got to boost her up one. But yeah. she was actually my worst actor. Yeah. Because she's just bad in this. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think what they landed on, though, I think was the right choices for pretty much everybody. Yeah, I could see it. Um, I don't know if getting a bigger named actress would have helped because... The character wasn't great. Yeah, the character just didn't need to be there. It was just distracting from the overall story. They put a woman in to put a woman in. Yeah. That's it. They were like, ah, uh, we need somebody who's sexy for the men to look at outside of the action. Uh, put Write a female character. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. All right, believe it or not section. Here we go. Uh, in the bar scene, when Nicholson is talking to Billy about rats, mm -hmm. about who's a rat and that there is a rat, and he pulls the gun, Leo had no idea a gun was coming. Oh. And so his reaction's real. Because uh, Nicholson really just pulled a gun on him. Prop gun, but yeah. Because, no, it was a real gun. Just not loaded, but real gun. Mm. Uh, because... Nicholson was basically given permission to do whatever the fuck he wanted on this movie. Scorsese was like, you, you know, this character, you know, he's crazy. Just surprise people. Just do things. Go bananas. And so he did. It works. Another scene that he, Nicholson had a hand in the cocaine that he throws at the hookers. Mm -hmm. That scene was not in the movie, but Nicholson was like, we should put a scene in where I just throw cocaine at hookers. And they did. Yeah. Wasn't necessary. Nicholson just wanted to. That's it. And then it was also his idea to have that big black strap on that he whips out and points at Damon's character in the adult theater because <laughs> he thought it was funny. It was something. I'll give it that. It was pretty funny, though. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It makes me laugh. 
Um, if you noticed, every time there's an X on screen, a character is about to die. I didn't even pay attention to that. I knew that was a thing, and like, I still didn't yeah, pay attention to it. When Queenan's falling off the building, there's Xs in every window that he falls past. Um, there's an X in tape in the elevator right before Leo gets shot in the head. There's X's on the ground that Matt Damon walks over right before he gets shot in the head. Leo said that he played his character in a way that it felt like he was trying to portray that this character was having a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week panic attack. It, you could tell. Yeah. I think that's probably it, the one good choice he made for that character. Yeah. Uh, DiCaprio didn't want to be nominated and go against his co-stars. We already said that. Nicholson refused to wear a Boston Red Sox hat because he hates them so much. <laughs> he hates Boston. He's a lifelong uh, Los Angeles Lakers fan, and their biggest rivalry is the Boston Celtics. Ugh. So he just hates Boston. So his character wore a Yankees hat mm-hmm. instead, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, you can, like, get no, teams from other places. Not when you're that hard into Boston. Not when you're that hard into Boston. Uh, uh, Nicholson also no took the role because he wanted to play a bad guy again because he hadn't done so in a really long time. Here were some movies that he made before this. Something's Gotta Give. It's a rom-com. Okay. Anger Management with Adam Sandler. Comedy. comedy. About Schmidt is a drama, but he's like a nice guy in it. As Good As It Gets, he's a little crazy, but it's still like a rom-com. And Mars Attacks, which is a comedy. And that's going back to like the mid-90s. And he just really wanted to sink his teeth into a bad guy role. And that's why he signed up for it. He does crazy really well. Yes, he does. So I I could see. And it looks like he's having a lot of fun doing it, too. Oh, yeah. So I could see why he'd want to go back to that. Which adds to the character. Oh, yeah. Like, he added so much to that character that I think other actors might not have been able to do. Mm. So he was the right choice. The bag dropped at the end after Colin gets shot has the same brand of milk and loaves of bread and a few other items that he gets in the beginning from Costello when he's a little boy. Okay, this was a nit of mine, though. Yeah. Like, that bag gets pretty dang far away from him. He threw it. He got shot, and he was like, ah, and threw it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Let me make this artistic. (laughs) Um, And then... And there's no blood on it. The last shot of the movie where they're looking out the window and the rat comes across, Mm -hmm. the rat was all CGI. Okay, that makes sense. And it's awful. It's awful. If you look at it, there's this weird halo around the rat as it's being superimposed into this image, and it looks awful. Now, was that shot meant to mirror the picture that um, Costello was drawing of the rats? It kind of. Okay. He just had a fascination with that building, so he was drawing rats around that building, Mm. and then we get it. It was just supposed to be like, it never ends. There's always a rat was huge metaphor at the end and it's way too heavy-handed and you're not thinking that digman's the rat come way, on way too heavy-handed come I, on i hate the closing shot of this movie <laughs> and they need to re-edit it and change it like literally just cut to black as dignam walks out yeah we don't need this shot of this cgi rat it's you really don't awful. uh let's go into questions okay could you go undercover could you do it after seeing everything he went through not likely i have like literal panic attacks when I'm doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing. So I don't know. I don't think I could. When I was a teenager, um, I lived two doors away from a cop who was an undercover cop. He would just disappear for a while and he would tell us about it. And it would be like, afterwards you have to go into like detox 
because you have to do drugs, you have to do all this stuff. Like psychological psychological evaluations happen every day when you're getting out of something because he would go in for like two years. He'd be gone. And it was crazy. And it always interested me. I was like, yeah, I could do it. 100%. To you being able to do it. I can just fit in with anybody. I cannot. Plus, I value no life. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kill this guy. Done. Yeah. Yeah, but then they'd ask you to, to harm a dog and you're like, nope, I'm out. Oh, no, we're laying ground rules right up top. <laughs> I will work for you, but I'm not doing these things. <laughs> no animals. Uh, how did this crime organization get taken down? They made me hurt an animal. Yeah, I'd go John Wick on them real yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, who was more believable? Damon playing a cop who's not, who's really a bad guy, or DiCaprio as a thug who's really a cop? Who was more believable in their role? They were actually pretty equal to me. I was more interested in Leo's character, probably because he's supposed to be the hero. Yeah, but I'm not, not I, interested in the character. No, I know. Who did a better job? Who made you believe more? Uh, Matt Damon. Yeah, he played a pretty good cop, right? He He played a very good cop that's not a cop but you could definitely believe why everyone thinks he's a cop yeah the problem i had with leo why he was down on my list was the way he interacted like you watched all the other bad guys and they were all chill like they just do bad guy things that's just the life they leave mm -hmm. they live but the idea that he played it with like this panic attack was like you're hiding something like you're you're not believable i probably would have shot you within the first five minutes of meeting you yeah it was Definitely, like, how did y'all not figure out who the mole was? Like, so much like faster. They should have gave him, like, a bad cocaine habit or something to mm -hmm. make, to, like, explain the jitterness, jitteriness that he had. Yeah. Because if not, I'm just shooting him in five minutes. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how he got in as close as he did. Yeah. Because he basically became the second, the like, the left hand. The dude. right hand man's right hand man, basically. Yeah. The more, like, the left hand. Yeah. Dude. True. He was even closer. Um... One thing that I don't understand about this movie is any of the time frame. Like, did this happen in a week? Did this happen over several years? Well, definitely not, because when... I know when he goes into the prison, he has to be there for a while. But then but... also when he gets out in the first thing that he does, when he beats up those two guys in the thing, and he breaks his hand mm -hmm. slash wrist, and then he doesn't have the cast later, and you know that takes a while to heal. But it's just like, you never change... Uh, like Boston has seasonal changes that never happens in the movie. Oh, I so mean, like they you, never hit winter. But if in you this movie. start in like spring and then you end in fall, that still could be like nine months without ever really looking like it changed that much. I'm just saying, like it was Especially really hard to understand how anything was happening because I was just like, you're just meeting this dude. And now all of a sudden he's your left-hand dude it's that you're telling months. all these secrets and you're not giving me a good indication of how long. Months. Easily months. Should the movie have ended after Frank got shot and just give everybody a happy ending? Is that a better movie? No. Okay. I, I appreciate how balls to the wall it goes. Should it have been a double shooting? As he shoots Frank, Frank shoots him. And then we get the ending of like, Costington gets his life back. Nah. Is the does the ending work? I think the ending works as it is. Okay. I think it being that like dour of an ending just works. Gotcha. Okay. Go along with me here. Okay. You are. You've gone to school for so many years. You have a degree in psychology. 
you become a psychiatrist. You're working with bad guys. You're working with cops. Matt Damon walks into your office. Well, you meet him on an elevator. And then he walks into your office. And you guys have great chemistry up top. But then things start falling apart a little bit. And all of a sudden, this new guy comes in. Leonardo DiCaprio. And he's all super mysterious and sexy. And you're starting to fall for him. But you still like the other guy. Now you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Which one do you choose? Surprisingly, probably the Matt Damon one still. Because I would never have given Leonardo DiCaprio's person a chance after his first initial So you think Vera Farmiga should have just went with Matt Damon? Yeah, Now she kind of does. She does. Until she finds out he was the mole. Yeah. But let's say she never finds out. Does she just stay with him? Probably. And do you make the same choice? Probably. Okay. Um, he, I think Billy. He, he was very good at what he was doing. Um, I think Billy was just a little too... Gave gave too much of the crazy eyes uh, for me to be that interested That's in. That's fair. Him. I pick Billy. Done. I uh, mean, uh, I would love to pick Leonardo DiCaprio in that sense, but like, still, crazy I, eyes. I just keep him as a side piece. <laughs> what was the craziest death in the movie? Not like the actual death, like, oh my god, that was so crazy, got thrown off a roof, but like, which was the one you didn't see coming? Um, I would probably say Billy's. Like, that one got me, like, so quick. First time I saw that one, I jumped in my chair a little bit. I was like, oh shit, they just did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you think he is the good guy, he's going to succeed, he's gonna, you know, turn this guy in and get his life back. Nope, he just dies. Yeah. In a matter of seconds. Uh, what parts do you trim down to make it shorter? This movie's really long. What do we cut? Get rid of the chick. Everything about the chick. Everything about That's the chick. That's probably a good like 15, 20 minutes. Yes. Everything about that dang chick. But then how does Costello manipulate Colin if he doesn't have somebody to threaten? We just work that out later? Either work that out later or just the fact that, hey, you've been working for me this entire time. I could ruin your life. Do your job. I okay. have these tapes. Like right. you can mention the tapes before they come into play. All right, that's fair. What piece of memorabilia do you want from this movie? I want the bloody cell phone. Oh. After Queenie gets thrown off the roof and it's his cell phone. And it's got the blood marks on it. That's yeah. what I want. And in the evidence bag. Like, it's got to all come together. Mm. I was kind of liking uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's red phone. He's like, I'm a bad guy phone. Ooh, yeah, the bad guy phone is good. The bad guy phone is good. His little blue good guy phone is good too, though. Yeah. D okay, Question here I, I just thought of. Does the movie work as well nowadays because you can't flip up your phone? I mean, what's the difference? I don't know. It feels more dramatic. <laughs> well, yes, it's definitely more dramatic, <laughs> but yes, it still works. They because... can flip up the phone and then end the call by just flipping it down. Like, I miss the days when you could just like flip it down and you hung up on someone. So one of the most impressive parts of this whole movie is when Matt Damon texts no phones in his pocket. Yeah. But he's not even, like, in text messages yet. He still has to, like, navigate the whole phone in his pocket and then send it. That's something I don't think you can do with a modern phone. Is, well, eh, I, I might be able to do that. It's a but it's actually though. harder to do because it had, you know, the the just the numbers texting. So you had to, like, okay, yeah, I know. Yeah, you just that one three times. I know what they are. I, I memorized it. I, I hadn't memorized it. See, I think so. it's harder with a touch phone because... The minute you touch that screen in any way, you don't know what the hell you're opening. What if your finger just slightly missed opening up messages? Yeah, but it also has autocorrect. 
I don't care about autocorrect. You can't even get into the messages. You're opening up games or the internet. You're not even <laughs> opening up messages. It's a lot harder. And hopefully you're sending it to the right person. Yeah. Uh, prequel, sequel, remake, or miniseries? Miniseries. Yeah, I would watch it. Yeah, because you need more time to actually go through. Like, each episode could be one character's time frame. Yeah. And, and then, then merge them all by, like, the sixth episode. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, next up is the Louise cameo. Yeah. And this is uh, about the Ant-Man character, played by Michael Pena, and the scenes where he tells other characters how they got there, but we get to jump around and see him talking through other people. Yeah. So where do you slot that character in this movie? I put it right after Costello meets Billy, before he decides to like bring him into the fold. I have Luis talking Billy up to Costello. Being like, this is how where this guy came from, and he he's been in the slammer, and then he oh okay, I like it, <laughs> and then he's done this and that, and he's a real crazy dude, you know, like that. I like it. I cheated a little. Ooh, okay. I replace Anthony Anderson with Michael Pena with the Louise character, and he's in the movie more, and he pops in and fills in what's been happening. Now Anthony Anderson is Brown. Brown. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I get rid of Anthony Anderson as Brown. I make Michael Pena Brown, but he's playing Luis, who turned his life around, and became a cop, and he pops in every now and then to tell Colin, my, Matt Damon's character, what the hell is happening. Oh, I heard the chief was saying this, and I heard... I just replaced that whole character. Okay. So I cheated a little, but we still get those moments. Mm. Next up is the Tig Notaro, and this is replacing one character with somebody else to either make the movie better or weirder. Yeah. So I'm replacing the Queenan character. Is that how you say his name? Queenan. Queenan. Um, and I'm giving it to Morgan Freeman because this movie needed some more color. Okay. It also, I think he can add more weight and like gravity to that role. Yeah, but did you want to kill him? Yeah. That makes it even more dramatic when you kill this character I, I feel like that guy had to be someone everyone loves. And the first person that comes to my mind who would have been around that right age range at that time, Morgan Freeman. That's not bad. I replace Alec Baldwin's character, okay. LRB, and I slide in Ben Affleck. <laughs> I don't see it. They're right around the same age. I feel like he has to be older. I don't think so. I don't think he has to be older. Okay. He's just different. Like, Mark Wahlberg's not that much older than Matt Damon. It yeah. It still works. He's still the sergeant. You yeah. know, we're watching Brooklyn Brooklyn Nine-Nine right now. Terry Crews isn't that much older than everybody else, but he's still the sergeant. I think it could still work. I think it... The reason I do it is, one, Alec Baldwin's off the rails in this movie. True. And number two, I don't think he's great in this movie. Mm -hmm. I think he has, like, some funny moments but I'm not sure what his character's doing, and I don't believe him as part of the Boston PD. Okay. That's fair. Might be same quality. I just like it more. I mean, he's a better actor in general, so. That's yeah. very true. Very true. All right, let's go to awards. First award is the Prestige Award for the biggest WTF moment in the movie. For me, it's them meeting in the porno theater. <laughs> I just don't know why they had to set it there. Yeah. For me, it's Dignam killing Colin at the end. Wow. Instead of doing the cop thing. 
Well, he according to you, Justice he's a dirty in, cop. He put just. I said that's a possibility, not that that's what I'm going with. <laughs> the fact that he doesn't go for legitimate justice, he takes it into his own hands. We've all been there. He becomes the Batman, but a, a dark Batman that kills. <laughs> <laughs> he's Thomas Wayne. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, next up is the Spinal Tap Award for overacting. This goes to 11. There's only one answer. It's Alec Baldwin. Okay, that's who I was thinking, yeah. It's literally just Alec Baldwin, especially during the sting operation they set up that goes terribly wrong mm-hmm. when they don't use phones and they're selling things. And the way he just, like, grabs the one guy and, like, puts him in a headlock and is like, Patriot Act! Patriot Act! Patriot Act! I love it, I love it, I love it! It's, like, the weirdest ever. That whole scene is just him going nuts. Especially when he picks up the guy, throws him against the wall, and just start punches him. Yeah. messing it all up. Yeah. He's so over the top here. That definitely would have gotten you off the force there, dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's weird. So, agreed? Agreed. Awesome. Next up is the psycho shower scene. This is for your favorite scene in the movie. As much as I say I don't want the chick in the movie, my favorite scene is actually the elevator flirting scene. Where, uh, That's because you love rom-coms. <laughs> I love rom-coms, and I love Matt Damon in this moment. He's so suave, and that he would have gotten me, probably. I mean, he got her, so it worked. <laughs> I love the line that he gives in this one is, um, I'm a detective, I'll find you. Nah, I need your card. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is so goofy. It is so goofy and so good, and it's like, that right there is why you're flying under the radar. Um, mine is, again, I cheated. Just a little bit. It's the montage of cutting back and forth between him, Damon's character, becoming more of a cop, and DiCaprio's character getting more involved with Costello's gang and going through things. I like the, I hate this word, but I like the juxtaposition of it all. I like the cutting back and forth. I think this is, it's an extended montage where it's not like super fast cuts. You get more of each thing. But watching each character, one spiral and one grow is awesome. Yeah. Next is the I'll be right back award. And this is for your favorite line in the movie. I have the best line in this whole movie. There's no others. Okay. So after the uh, deals going down with the Chinaman, Costello and the Chinaman, and they find that there's a dead spot. There's a blind spot. And Dignum asks who set up the cameras and one tech guy is like, who the fuck are you? And Dignam's response is perfect. I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. I love that line so much. So good. Dignam is a guy that you expect to like, just punch this guy now. Just like scream, fuck you and punch him. Nah, he's too good of a cop. Yeah. He's a good cop. He's a good cop. He's not a rat. He's a good cop. It's just a good line. It's something that I feel like I can use in my everyday life when people call me out on shit. Mine is going to a Costello quote. Uh, it, it's a, a little back and forth, but the, the last thing he says is the part that absolutely gets me. And it's him talking to like this random guy who happens to be in where he's at. And he's like, <laughs> Just kidding. How's your mother? Uh, she's on her way out. You all are. Act accordingly. I absolutely love the act accordingly bit because it's just like, it's, it's true. We are all on the way out. Might as well act that way. Yeah, but what what is acting accordingly? For him, it's killing people and selling drugs yep. and stealing shit. For everybody else, it's something different. 
Yeah. But it's living your life to the fullest. Live your life. There you go. Yeah, that's that's a great one. I, had I feeling, like that just in general. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to pick that. As soon <laughs> as he said it, I was like, that's definitely something I can just, you would just attach yourself to. Yep. Act accordingly. Mm-hmm. We all are. The Han shot first award for what held up the worst since the movie came out. For me, it's the editing. I don't like it. I don't like how abrupt it is. It doesn't seem to work with the story and it doesn't help move anything forward. It actually hindered my ability to pay attention and enjoy this movie. And that's fair. Your ability. Yes. Because I love the editing. Sure. So, but I get it. I I can understand why you don't like it. Mm -hmm. I don't agree, but I can understand it. Mine, I I cheated. I cheated a lot. Yeah, I'm noticing. In in my notes here. Um, Mine is the length and the disconnected story, Mm. which I think go hand in hand. I think they tried to shove too much into this story to fill this two and a half hours. And so it feels really long where if you could cut things and kind of streamline your story a little more, it's a much better movie and it's shorter. And our last award as always is the Paul Rudd award for what held up the best since this movie came out. I cheated. No surprise. It's Damon and DiCaprio and the way they counter each other, their characters, the way we get to watch both stories unravel simultaneously. I went with the performances in general because I thought pretty much everyone in this movie played their part really, really well. And I couldn't decide on any of them. So I was like, just performances in general. They were all really great. I believed everyone. I was invested in pretty much everyone. So that's fair. All right. Final decision. I'm on the fence. And it's not just because like I personally did not enjoy this movie. My struggle isn't that. It isn't that I didn't like this movie. I've I've said movies that I liked, you know, didn't hold up or vice versa. My problem is there's a lot of things that I think are wrong with this movie. And it's really hard to say that it holds up. But at the same point, it's really hard to say that it doesn't hold up because there's a lot right with this movie. I'm really stuck in the middle. Um, It 100% holds up. It Get off the fence. It holds up. It's not the best movie. There is a lot wrong with it. But this is, like, I compared it to Citizen Kane earlier. It's on that level of whether or not you enjoy the movie doesn't take away from how good the movie is. It just might not be for you. But it 100% holds up. Everything about this movie is top-tier stuff. Thanks for joining us for our talk about 2006 The Departed. We'll be back again next week with a brand new episode. Until then, be good to yourself, be kind to others, and keep watching movies. Bye.